Welcome back to Three Identical Strangers, the science behind the story. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent. Up first, CNN's New Day hosts, Allison Camerata and John Berman. Allison has 13-year-old fraternal twin girls, and John has 11-year-old identical twin boys. Thanks for being here, guys. Our pleasure. Great to talk to you. Thank you. Was this some sort of requirement for the anchoring job <laughs> yeah. that you know about? Yes, it is. Okay. It's actually a prerequisite. That's it, During the interview process, they asked us about if we had twins. Allison's favorite joke when people say, you both have twins, she then says, yeah, but not together. <laughs> right. <laughs> did you, but did you know this about each other ahead of time? Something you talked about at all? There's a twin club. I mean, generally when I work someplace, I know who has twins. And I think I knew – I mean, I knew before we started working mm. together that you had twins. But I don't remember where in our relationship I found out about your twin. It's always the people who look a little extra tired. <laughs> right, right. Well, I want to talk about that because I – you know, we share – all of us share this income. I don't have twins or multiples, but I do have three children around the same age. Um, Allison, I, I watched interviews that you've, you've done about your, your experiences with fertility, the whole journey for you. Um, what was it like at the time that you and your husband decided you wanted to start a family? What, what were the challenges that you were facing? Well, um, it just wasn't easy. You know, I knew, I knew enough. By the time I got married, I was 35. And so I had enough friends who were married, enough friends who had started families that I just knew that to me the world was sort of divided into two camps. It either you either sort of got pregnant accidentally, <laughs> which seemed to happen if you really didn't want a child, or it was really hard to get pregnant. And I just feared that I was going to be in that latter camp, and then I was. And so what doctors said was, if you don't conceive naturally within six months, you should maybe start looking at you know other techniques and. That's what ended up happening, and it ended up being this, you know, three, almost three-year odyssey that is kind of soul-crushing, you know, as anybody who goes through infertility treatments can tell you. It's really hard to want something, you know, so badly and for it to elude you. I, I remember because we it wasn't easy for us either, my wife and I. And I, I remember my wife's a very methodical, sort of scientifically-minded person, and all of a sudden it's acupuncture. She was buying these fertility sort of things from Mexico. They were sitting around the house. She would try anything to, to try and make it work. Uh, and, and at the same time, she watched her friends seemingly have no difficulty getting pregnant. That is the story of everyone who goes through infertility, everyone. I, too, would have tried anything I, too, did acupuncture. I, too, changed my entire diet. I, too, listened to, you know, visualization tapes. And anytime I left my house, which got harder because I was sort of slipping into, you know, a sort of sad blue place, everyone on the sidewalk was pregnant. Every, pregnant people abound when you are going through infertility. Your friends, people who, you know, I don't know how it happened. I'm 50 years old and I just wanted to, like, I, I just got pregnant accidentally, you know. It, it's everywhere. That's a very common story. It's a cruel story. joke. It is I a cruel. I seriously would say, God, what is this joke that's happening right now? And that's a universal feeling of people. Was there a point when you said, okay, you know what, let, let's see what science, fertility treatments, all that has to offer. Was it an inflection point for you? Well, I mean, just that the doctor had warned that if it didn't work in six months that I should go that route. And I really didn't want to go that route. It sounded kind of horrible. I didn't want to have to take injections and shots and go to the doctor all the time and get your blood level. And, you know, IVF, at first, before you get into it, it sounds like, well, that's easy. I guess if it doesn't work, I'll just do IVF. Uh, and bingo, I guess that'll work. No, you don't realize that that in itself is um, not guaranteed, and it's an ordeal, and it's surgery. 
Okay, I don't think I knew that when I started this process. And they so they call it minimally invasive. They try and, you know, buffer it a bit, but you're right. It's an operation. I mean, it is as easy as surgery can ever get, but still you're going into the hospital and you're in one of those gowns and it's just all sort of unpleasant. Um, so I didn't want to have to go that route, but I did go that route. And, you know, I ultimately felt like I was stronger for having had that three-year odyssey. Did you, did you um, know the, the correlation between fertility treatments and, and multiples when you got into the they, they counseled you or talked to you about this? Definitely. And I was hoping for twins. Really? Yeah. So you you want you wanted them? Did they tell you that it could be riskier if you had twin if you were carrying twins versus not? Yeah, but I didn't care. I was in a support group of um, ten women, and we all were hoping for that because by the time you've gotten through the fertility process, the idea of two for one, the idea that you wouldn't have to do this again, the idea—I mean, again, this was two thousand three, two thousand four, two thousand five. Okay, so science has changed, the medical ethics of this have changed. I've learned more, but at the time, there was a feeling of that's hitting the jackpot. And so I was hoping for that, and doctors would try to counsel you and say it's more dangerous and there can be a loss in a pregnancy of twins more um, common than a singleton. Um, But I just, you know, I don't know, all of us felt that it would be two for the price of one. And, um, you know, I was, again, I was happy when I got the surprising news that, in fact, I was having twins. They're fraternal twins. Mm-hmm. And, and again, by some miraculous coincidence, your co-anchor here also has twins, identical twins. This was not a, a fertility treatment journey for you and your, your, your wife. No, although, you know, we had – it had been more than a year since we pulled the goalie and we're trying to have kids. Uh, and – had entered that I've stage. I've heard that term before. Nor have I. Wow. Thank Hold you for the goal. That. You went to medical school. I know. You <laughs> haven't heard that? No. It was like, it was like six classes on that. Oh, my God. All right. That's fine. Look, um, and it hadn't happened yet. Um, and my wife had gone to the doctor uh, for the first time, you know, to have that fertility discussion and had had some kind of injection dye. Is there a dye? Is yeah. There... Oh, yeah. They check to make sure everything is open. So yeah. that's she had had that. Uh, and it was after that. That uh, that she got pregnant. So we were we were we had tried for longer than you tried. You did six months. We were trying for a year. We were never in the same place at the same time. Which also in medical school you learn matters um, uh, about conceiving. That but, I did here. Yeah, yeah, you did here. Um, but ultimately, you know, we found out she was pregnant. Um, the very first ultrasound, they thought there might be twins. Then the second time she went in, and I can't remember the distance. They're like, now nah, it's just one. And then the third time it was, oh, no, oh, no, 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 there, there's two. There's two for sure. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I have the same experience. The very first ultrasound, there was just one. There was mm. just one, okay, in the very first ultrasound. And then two weeks later in the second ultrasound, uh, you know, we, I always tell this story. My husband's next to me, and they said, the baby looks great, and the heartbeat looks great, and the position looks great, and baby number two looks great, and the heartbeat looks <laughs> great. Like... And we both said, I'm sorry, what? And and I Oops, the really doctor will be thought right in. that the, the technician was looking at somebody else's ultrasound. I thought that she had gotten her wires crossed and was looking at like a different room. And I said, no, 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 there is no no baby two. And she was like, oh, no, there's a baby two right here. I was like, no, but that's not that's not ours. And she was like, I'll be right back. And she like jumped up and ran out of the room. And Tim and I, my husband and I, stood blinking at each other the way Homer Simpson does when he's confused <laughs> for like five minutes until she came back and said, surprise, you're having twins. And you were ecstatic, we were ecstatic presumably. Yeah. Yeah. 
thrilled. How about you, you guys? Thr- I mean, confused, but but thrilled and overwhelmed. Um, Worried at all? Again, for the same reasons Alice and I were talking about, higher risk pregnancy, those types of things. So my wife, I think I was 35. She was 36. I just revealed to everyone she's older than I am. Um, they, For women who are 35 or older, they scare you to death the minute you go in and want to have kids already. They already tell you it's a high-risk pregnancy just because of your age. And with twins, it's that much more risky. So everything we were told, I think, was meant to warn us. But we were just so happy to be going through the process. You, you have identical twin boys. Yeah. They're 11 years old. What's it, what's it, everyone's fascinated with, with twins, right? I'm sure since they were born and they were you push them around a stroller and they, they're dressed alike and all of that. What's it like raising them? So the macro sense, I think, with any twins, we were told beforehand that up until they're two or three, it's like having more than two kids. And then after they're three or so, it's like having fewer than two because they play with each other and it's easier. And I think that's totally true. With identicals, my wife and I in college, and we went to college together, um, we're friends with some identical twins. And my wife talked to them when we found out we were having twins and, and got advice. And we got all this advice about individualizing them. Be very conscious of the fact that the world will perceive them as a unit. Mm-hmm. Um, so all because of my wife's um, sort of deliberate approach to this, I think really smart, we were really careful from the time they were born. We didn't dress them alike. We dressed them alike but in different colors. Let's put it that way. So that, that people could identify them immediately by the color of the clothes that they were wearing. We tried never to refer to them as the twins. We would try to refer to them by their names, things like that. Maybe this is an obvious answer, but why, why were you and your wife so intentional about that? I think people treat twins differently. You treat a one, two, three, four-year-old boy differently if he's alone than if he has someone who's just like him. And there's a constant comparison between the two. And you hear it from family members. You hear it from teachers. And you even hear it from your, you know, yourselves or your spouse. Oh, you know, he's much quicker to do this than the other one or he's much better at that than the other one. And that's not fair. I mean, the singleton mm. kids don't have that, at least in that way. And they're not judged constantly in that way. And they're allowed to make their own way. And I, and I think that's important. Are, are they, do they collaborate? Are they competitive? I mean, do, do, yeah, I would use the word scheme. Um, I mean, but I, but I do wonder, do, do they root for each other? Yes. They, they want each other to succeed. Absolutely. And, and I mean, is that a is that a I mean, I think other siblings may have that as well. But is there a special, more special connection? I know that you don't have a context for this, yeah. but if you just think about it, do you think there's something more special in terms of their connection? When it's when it's clicking on all cylinders, it's the most beautiful thing ever. Um, I have they're on different soccer teams. They're little sporty kids and, they, and they're great soccer players. They're on different teams. And um one of my sons went to watch the other one's game. He's with us watching the other game. And my son on the sidelines almost got thrown out because he was yelling at the ref who made a bad call on my son who was in the game. And I'm sitting there going, oh, don't do that. But I'm like, yes, this is so nice. I'm getting choked up watching, you know, watching them sort of pull for each other there. So when it's working, it's, it's wonderful. And, and they want each other to succeed. And um, they care, obviously, so deeply about each other, even if they can't articulate it because they're guys and they're dudes. <laughs> um, but you can see it. I mean, you can definitely see it. I was really struck by in the film and, and, and wonder if, if this, this struck you as well. I mean, these these brothers, 19 years separated at birth, 19 years go by and then they suddenly see each other and it's like looking in a mirror. 
And it's not just how they look, it's how they act, it's how they cross their legs, it's the, the types of cigarettes they may smoke, all these things. As intentional as it may have been, because they were literally separated at birth, they were still so similar. What, what, what did you think when you saw that? I had a lot of different emotions about that. I mean, I was thinking about we work so hard to individualize our kids and make them sort of separate. And then watching these three brothers meet for the first time and all they wanted to do was be together and think about all the times they had missed. Um, and just that juxtaposition was stunning. Um, you know, for my boys, it's just so different than the than the the boys in the film, the men in the film, because they all share a lot of DNA. Every, you have the DNA aspect, you have the science aspect of it. And I think that definitely matters. But my boys have, you know, 99% of the same experiences. You know, they've shared a bedroom their whole lives. They've been around us their whole lives. The, the triplets in the film is the opposite. All they have is the science. All they have is the DNA. Right. Do you, do you think that the the, the intention or the, the strategy towards individualizing them is, is working? I mean, are they becoming – they're 11 years old now. Are they becoming, you know, very different? I, I think that, yes, it has worked as much as we wanted to and now we're letting – it take its own course. I, I think that is the first several years that, you know, I don't know if it's five or ten. And it's, it, it's not just for them. It's for your family. It's grandparents. Um, one, of my, one of the things you hear, I can't believe how much you hear it, is people trying to guess who's older. Oh, you must be the older one. <laughs> what the hell does that mean? If you're older, you're older for like six minutes. So what? But people are obsessed with that kind of thing. And we didn't want one thinking that he was more responsible or going to be the heir to my vast fortune, um, you know, because he was because he was born first. We haven't told him uh, who's older. Um, hmm. So, yes, I think it worked. But now I don't we don't do any of it. If they want to if they want to dress alike, that's up to them. If they want to they now have for the first time in their lives have the same haircut. That's up to them. They they have the right, I think, to choose to be as alike or as different as they want to be. And they are identical. I mean, you know, Id- identical twins. You can't you can. But I mean, m- the majority of people could not tell them apart. Correct. The, the whole film, Allison, I think in some ways for me, it, it, I think it's a great film. It, it, it was very emotional, but it's really in nature versus nurture. But I think even more fundamentally is the die cast in some ways for who we are. How much free will do we really have over things? For sure. I mean, and Mother Nature wins. You can't fight Mother Nature. I mean, that's what the film showed me is that two have been, as you point out, separated for 19 years. And yet when they come together, they're spitting images of each other, not just physically. I mean, again, their mannerisms are the same. They they have the same sensibilities. They have the same tastes. They do the same things. That DNA is so strong. I mean, just that that is what the documentary proves, I think, is that I think it's laudable what John and his wife are trying. But at the end of the day... You can't fight Mother Nature. Does it take the pressure off a little bit? I mean, not not to be glib about this, but if nurture maybe isn't as a dominant force in in, in your in your thinking, you know, I mean, you've done your work, you've had your kids, you've you've given them the right nature. Uh, how, how how do you put put a percentage on how important nurture is? Oh, I have washed my hands of parenting because of this, pretty much, <laughs> because I have realized that there is nothing that I can. There's nothing that I can do. And it has been very helpful for me. These are the conversations I think I almost always have with my friends who also have kids my kids' age. John, I mean, look, someone may have said, okay, if I had an artificial intelligence platform that was really good at the time, John Berman was born. I could have predicted that you would be doing the sort of work that you're doing now, that you'd have your hair cut the way that it is, that you'd be wearing this rugby shirt. You'd be sitting here in a podcast booth with me. I mean, what do you think? How much free will... 
is out there if you look at and hear, you know, certainly what Allison is saying. I think a lot. I don't I don't buy the, the pure DNA thing. I think it matters to an extent. I think the building blocks are all there. But I do think that the way that you raise them and the choices that you present kids, um, it matters. I do, too. And look, I have three children. They're not they're not multiples. They're very close in age and they could not be more different. They, they really I mean, the same household, you know, I mean, you know, a little bit of changes, but the same household, the same environment for the most part. And they're so different. Well, thank you, guys. I was really looking forward to this, and it ended up being a little parenting therapy as well. So <laughs> I appreciate. By the way, do you guys like the fact that you don't see me on television as much? I'm in this little box over here doing doing podcasts. Instead. I love podcasting. It's liberating. I, it is. We can talk like this. Nobody knows that you're in your pajamas right now. That's right. I don't actually have pants on. No, right you now. don't. And it's a little disturbing. Valor does work on TV. <laughs> I, you know, I think you should consider it. It doesn't. It doesn't rub. So no, no noise. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I was looking forward to this, and for good reason. Thank you, John and Allison, uh, for joining us. Such really a appreciate pleasure. it. Thank you. What a pleasure. Joining me next, a top fertility doctor at the Reproductive Medicine Associates of New York. This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores? Sleep Number does that. Only Sleep Number smart beds let you each choose your ideal comfort and support. Your Sleep Number setting. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. All Sleep Number smart beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. Temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish. Celebrities of all kinds are speaking publicly about their therapeutic trips, so to speak. It turns out there is a burgeoning industry ready to serve the new influx of people who find themselves turning away from traditional mental health therapy. The gap between what we know and what we don't about psychedelic therapy. Listen to The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish, on your favorite podcast app. Joining me now is Dr. Lucky Seacon, a fertility specialist at the Reproductive Medicine Associates of New York. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. First of all, you you yourself are a mother. You you have a 20-month-old yes. at home? Yes, that's correct. You you also have frozen embryos for the future. Yes, I took that as a preventative step based on all the information and knowledge that I have in our field. Given that you've done this and you're a fertility doctor, this is something you've devoted your life to. Is this something that you you recommend? Yes. I mean, I have a lot of friends that are within my age group, and um, I think I treat this as my personal uh, PSA um, to share this knowledge with uh, women, you know, in their 30s, particularly women who are thinking about starting their families either in their mid to late 30s. Um, I think it's really important to be informed about what the issues are and what the potential risks are of delaying childbearing and what potential uh, preventative steps can be taken to ensure that you don't lose that window of opportunity. 
What are the the downsides then, other than, I guess, cost? So, I mean, I I chose to do this myself, so I didn't think of there being any major downsides. Um, Personally, I'm planning to use this as uh, insurance or a fallback plan um, if I'm having difficulty with having my second or third child as I get into my late 30s and early 40s. You know, if you if you talk to to parents of young children nowadays, and I have three young children myself, one of the things they will tell you that they notice is that there's a lot more multiples, twins in particular, in elementary schools. Uh, that's what people notice. Can you explain for a second the connection between fertility and fertility treatments and, and multiples? Of course. So. The fact that we're seeing more and more multiples, particularly from within the last decade, is largely a reflection of more couples or individuals choosing to make use of fertility treatments to try to improve their chance of conceiving. And uh, particularly when it comes to the traditional um, or the first early treatments that were available um, that we had at our disposal as doctors, um, you know, the drawback of those treatments was multiple pregnancy. Um, more and more people have been using fertility treatments over the past couple of decades because of the fact that a lot of women are delaying childbearing, amongst other reasons, but that's probably the strongest factor. And one of you know the major themes of fertility treatment is trying to improve upon the inefficiencies of human reproduction. Mm-hmm. So when I talk about the inefficiencies of reproduction, what I'm really referring to is the fact that unlike men who are making new sperm every 72 days, women are born with a finite number of eggs. And because of that fact and their inability to make new eggs – not only does the quantity over time decrease, but more importantly for natural fertility, the quality diminishes. And what this means is that we're holding on to all the eggs we're ever going to have into our 20s and 30s and 40s and beyond. And as we age, we have more and more genetic abnormalities cropping up in the eggs that we have for future Mm -hmm. use. And that's really the main limiting factor in why it's difficult to get pregnant. Um, One of the ways to try to overcome that, you know, there's two major treatment options. One is called ovulation induction, where if we know a woman in her 30s has a one in three chance of releasing an egg every month that's genetically abnormal, well, we can try to up her chances by making her release potentially more than one egg, whether that's two or three. uh, You're improving the odds. Right. So that's one of the the techniques, uh, giving base in in, uh, increasing ovulation. Correct. And then the second major treatment option is known as in vitro fertilization. And just to take a step back to define what that really means, it's different in that you're giving meds medications to stimulate the ovaries to develop more than one egg. Um, We're trying to get as many eggs to grow as possible, but instead of giving a medication to try to try to trigger the timed release of these eggs, we are going in and doing a procedure called an egg retrieval, which is minimally invasive, but it's a procedure that's done under anesthesia. And once we get those eggs, we can create embryos in a laboratory by fertilizing them with sperm. So... And, and just to be clear, the reason that that was associated with multiples was because then there would be many of these fertilized eggs or embryos implanted in the uterus? Right. So you would create embryos in the laboratory. Additionally, now we're doing genetic testing of embryos so that we can actually identify which embryos have the right number of chromosomes um, and weed out the ones that have the wrong number of chromosomes. And that is a problem that is inherent to all women. But let me ask you, uh, certainly at the beginning, of your your practice, you know, your time as a fertility doctor, 
when you met with parents who, you know, were presumably desperate to start a family, that's why they're seeing you, how did you answer their questions about possi- the possibility of having multiples? How would, you, how would you convey this to them? So I think it's important to just, uh, you know, weigh the risks and benefits. I always present the two major treatment options. Um, and so we always quote the risk of multiples being anywhere from 3 to 8% with those types of medications. But that risk also does depend on the age of the patient, their prognosis. Um, you know, someone who's doing this for the first time is by default a good prognosis patient and the number of follicles that you see on that ultrasound. So that's why monitoring is essential. This may be more of a philosophical question, you know, but as a neurosurgeon, when I describe risks to patients, I'm thinking of bleeding, infection, you know, neurological deficit. You say having multiples is a risk. Right. Is that, I mean, is is it a risk? I mean, uh, as you point out, something that can occur naturally. Right. What is the risk? How do you, how do you, how do you convey that particular part? So um, as someone who did OBGYN training before specializing in fertility, I spent four years on the labor floor. And you see, you know, singleton deliveries, twin deliveries. I've seen a couple of triplet deliveries. And it's very clear. Within our field, there's no area for debate. Everyone acknowledges that having one baby at a, you know, at, at a time, a singleton live birth that's um, full term is the goal. And that is considered, you know, the benchmark for success. So the goal is to to counsel to, and to to try and strive for one healthy baby with each pregnancy. Yes, that is the goal, and um, sometimes it, it can be difficult um, w- to speak to patients who come into my office with you know a different goal in mind. Where especially if they're starting later in life, you know, if I have a forty year old who comes to me and says. I want to undergo IVF and I I want twins because I don't think I have time to be pregnant twice. And it involves a very careful conversation. I mean, I have to balance what she wants with what I think is going to minimize the risks and maximize the benefit to both her and the baby. My understanding is you have a weekly ethics sort of meeting among your partners where you you talk about particular patients and and what makes sense. Correct. Um, You know, we at RMA New York um, have a large group of physicians, and it's a great meeting that we have on a weekly basis where um, we talk about difficult cases, um, even if there's something that I, at the, from the get-go, don't agree with, like the example I just gave you, a 40-year-old who's requesting that I purposely give her twins or, or help her conceive twins. Um, it's not that the conversation ends there. It's always presented at this meeting because it's important to have a very balanced view and really weigh um, all of the uh, ethical principles and the pros and cons. And then we vote. So you may say no. Yes. Dr. Sikan, thank you very much. Thanks for being here today. Thank you for having me. And join us next time on Three Identical Strangers podcast when we dive inside the mind of multiples with twin astronauts Mark and Scott Kelly. What is it like not to be a twin? Um, because from our point of view and our reference, we've just known this from, you know, the second that we realized we were alive, that there was this other person that was uh, very similar to us. Remember to tune in on January 27th to watch the film only on CNN. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.